Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me today. I welcome you. I'm Jerry Savelle. Thank you for watching. And I believe, praise God, if you'll give me oh, about 20 minutes of your time, I believe we're going to share some things today that is going to inspire your faith. And I believe it's also going to build your confidence in the fact that God has a great plan for your life. I know the Bible says that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So God's got plans that are bigger than anything you've ever dreamed. And we're going to be talking to Trey Johnson today. Trey, thank you for joining me again. Thank you for having and me. And we're going to talk about uh, how that God wants you to excel in what he's called you to do. Trey's excelling and he's going to be talking about that uh, because it's the blessing of God on his life. And I want to talk to you about that blessing just before we allow Trey to share some more of his testimony and some of the things that he's learned about how to excel in what God's called you to do. If you have your Bibles, open them to Genesis chapter 12 once again. Verse 2, God is speaking to a man by the name of Abram, later changed his name to Abraham, and he says, I will make of thee a great nation, I will bless thee, I will make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Once again, notice it says, I will bless thee. The word bless means to empower, to prosper, to empower, to increase, to empower, to rise above, and to empower, to excel. God wants you excelling in everything that you do. And the reason being is because it makes him attractive. Eventually, somebody's going to be asking you, how are you doing this? Uh, what's your secret? And you'll be able to say, it's the God I serve. It's his blessing on my life. So that's the reason why God wants you to excel. Obviously, it's going to be beneficial to you, but it's also a primary way that God brings others to Christ. He'll use your life and how he is blessing you and enabling you to excel to get the attention of others. Now, you say, well, how do you know that God wants that to happen to me? He was talking to Abraham. Well, let's read a little further. Before I answer that question, Genesis chapter 13 and verse 2. Let's see if the blessing is working on Abraham's life. In verse 2, it says, And Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. Notice, right after God had pronounced the blessing on him, you can see the results of it. He began to experience great wealth. He was wealthy in cattle. He was wealthy in silver. He was wealthy in gold. In fact, if you keep reading Abraham's story, it says that the blessing of God that was on his life enabled him to overcome every adversity. In fact, uh, three kings uh, attacked his camp and they took his nephew Lot into captivity. But because the blessing was on Abraham's life, he defeated all three kings and their uh, military personnel. He took all the spoil, brought nephew back, and it was because the blessing of God was upon him. In fact, Melchizedek came and said to him, blessed art thou, Abraham. He recognized that it was the blessing of God that enabled him to rise above all adversity and to excel. So that's what the blessing does. It's designed by God to enable you to rise above and to excel in whatever he's called you to do. Now, let me answer that question. How do I know that this is for you just like it was for Abraham? Well, if you go to Galatians chapter three and verses 13 and 14, 
Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. The Gentiles were the non-believers. And so he's saying, if you believe in Christ, if you make Jesus the Lord of your life, then the same blessing that was on Abraham, on Isaac, and on Jacob, that blessing is now on you. In fact, in verse 29, it says, and if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So have you made Jesus Lord of your life? If you have, then you're Abraham's seed and you're an heir according to the promise. So that's why I know God wants me to excel. That's why I know God wants me to prosper. That's why I know God wants me to increase. And I have a good testimony for you. It's working, praise yes, God. Yes, sir. <laughs> and it's working for you as well. Yes, Amen? it is. Tell us about it. How well, God has, has used the blessing to cause you to rise above and to excel. You know, uh, earlier this year, you were talking about flourishing, how the faithful flourish. And, that, yeah. and that's God's heartbeat for the family of God. No matter where you're at or what you're doing, the blessing causes us to excel. And the word flourish also means to perform in such a way that it gets other people's attention. Yeah. That's right. Not too long ago, I went over to Australia and I flew over there and I was going to compete at their, they call it the big event. And uh, so I flew in there and, and I, I was trying some different horses. And, and so I competed at the event and I, I was able to win everything that they had to win in that event in the professional level. And there were guys uh, on the outside, ex except one place. I didn't win one place, but the other places I did. Um, and the guys on the outside, they wouldn't have come to church, but because they saw the blessing working in my life, yeah. they came and they ended up accepting the Lord sure. because of the blessing. Mm -hmm. You know, I think in each and every one of us, there's a gift placed on the inside of us. You know, Romans chapter 11, verse 29, it says, the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. You keep reading in Romans chapter 12, verses three, verses six, it keeps going on. And I want you to get a picture of this. It's God saying that he's placed a gift in you and he's put his grace on you. And the calling is an invitation for you to be you. Why would God put that gift in you and place his grace on you and give you the faith to be everything that he's called and created you to be? Because he wants the gift in you and the blessing on your life to make a difference in the people that you're called to. Each and every one of us, we're called to a certain group of people. Yeah. And that group of people, God loves people. That is the most precious commodity mm -hmm. to God is people. Yeah. And so our gifts, the talents, us tapping into the blessing, Him causing us to excel and compete and, and uh, perform in such a way to get other people's attention, it's yeah. because He wants to reach people. Mm -hmm. It's sure. the goodness of God that leads people to That's repentance. Right. That's right. You know, uh, uh, talking about uh, how God's used us in the, the motorcycle world, uh, you know, we send teams of our Chariots of Light group into nearly every major secular motorcycle rally in the country. Right. Also, we're now including Canada and Australia is about to open up yes. to us. And so we send teams to Daytona, to Sturgis, to all the big, I mean, these, these uh, rallies draw sometimes as many as half a million bikers. And so it's a, it's a mission field. That's great. Yes. So we've got guys that go into those rallies. They camp out with them. They live there with them for a yeah. week. They, they, they share with them. They pray with them. And it's not unusual that by the end of the week, they've won several thousand people to Christ. Thank you, Lord. Now, you know, I, I, I haven't got to go on some recently, but I have been on some. And one of the things that I noticed was that when you ride a bike 
just as cool as theirs. Yes, sir. It's an attention getter. Yeah. You know, a, a, a guy built for me a custom bike. It's a one-of-a-kind custom bike. Huh. And occasionally, I'll get to take it on one of the rallies like that. And it's an attention getter. You know, every time you stop, it draws a crowd. Uh, Where'd you get this bike, buddy? You know, and all that. And <laughs> did you build it and all that? And it opens a door. Yeah. You know, so the blessing of God, when I tell him God gave it to me, God, God had this bike built for me. God, he's into bikes, you know, <laughs> it's, it's an attention getter. And so as a result of it, it makes God look attractive. Yeah. And you know, uh, some of these old boys, I mean, man, they are bad looking. I, I remember taking my daughter, Terry, on one of the rallies along with the TV crew. And we're, walk, we're in Daytona. We're walking down the main street there. Thousands of bikers and most of them are outlaws and, yeah. you know, and not saved and so forth. And and we're walking through this crowd, and this great big guy, you know, he looked like a bear. He was hairy from one end <laughs> to the other, and had on this muscle shirt, you know, and he had the muscles. And, yeah. and uh, on, on the front of his shirt, it said, and he, I, I bet this guy weighed 275 pounds. He's about 6'5". And it, his hair just started from here, and it went all the way down, you know. <laughs> and he's walking up toward us, and on his shirt, he says, I beat anorexia, <laughs> you know? And then when he walked by, away from us, on the back of his shirt, it said, caution, doesn't play well with others. And Terry said, Daddy, why do you want to be here? And I said, Terry, I love it. Yeah. These are the kind of guys that when they find out the, the goodness of God yes, and Jesus in reality, and not some religious Jesus, right. but the real Jesus, they're like teddy bears. Yeah. I mean, they cry when they pray. They, you know, they're just, and, and you just love it. And that's where you are about the, the rodeo people. Well, they're all in. Yeah. And, and that's what's so neat about the different walks of life that when you see uh, somebody have an encounter with God and it's yeah. real to them and it totally changes their life, mm -hmm. it makes it all worth it. It makes the, it makes the praying, the studying, the traveling, sure. everything else. It, there's nothing like it in all the world. I was, when you were telling that story, it reminded me, I was speaking at this deal in Arizona and this, this drunk Indian come up right in the middle while I was preaching and he, and he just reached up there and he was just looking at my belt buckle and he, my name's not Bob, my name's Trey if you're watching. And he kept, hey Bob, hey yeah. Bob. He kept calling me <laughs> Bob and he just said, hey Bob. Well, he ended up accepting the Lord, getting set free. Told, God totally sobered him up mm -hmm. right there during the service. Oh, yeah. And things like that, I, I just get a kick out of it because yeah. only God can do stuff like that. That's right. <laughs> well, that's how I started in the ministry. My first sermon was not in a church. Uh -huh. I went downtown Shreveport, Louisiana, where I grew up, to the nearest bar I could find, sat out on the curb, waited yes. for somebody to stagger out, grabbed the guy, <laughs> set him down next to me, preached to him, and got him born again, filled with the Holy Spirit. He uh, went inside, brought his buddies out, lined them up, yes. and I led them all to the Lord, got them all filled with the Holy Ghost. How fun And is I've been that? preaching ever since. Yes. So that's, that's so how fun. I started, was, was reaching out yeah. to the ungodly, the people that religious people think uh, are, are not worth saving. Right. Well, hey, we were all lost. Yes, I mean, sir. you know, you might not have been as sinful as somebody else, but you were lost, yeah. and Christ died for you. He died for the ungodly, so that includes everybody on this planet. It, it does. You know, when I gave my life to the Lord, I came out of a, a bad environment, the drug world and stuff like mm -hmm. that, and it was so fun as I, not the drug world, so fun when I got set free from yeah. that type of stuff and just went after God, and, and I would get invited back to do funerals of, of the, that, the, that group of people, and seeing those people who were addicted to drugs, alcoholics, mm -hmm. 
um, in a bad, they'd never heard anything that God was yeah. good and God wanted to set them free and God was for them and God loved them and, and God still had a great plan for their life. And for them to accept the, the Lord, yeah. it's like going right back into the devil's territory and the enemy's camp and mm -hmm. taking back, you know, God's sure. people. And That's right. the blessing of God is so powerful and it's life changing. I remember when I, um, just, just talking to the Lord because my ideal of, of God, I thought I had to be a fat preacher and I thought that God didn't want you to have any fun. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling the Lord, God, I, I just want to know you. I want to know you. I want to know your blessing. I want to know your presence. I want it to be real and to see just how it's escalated through the years. And yeah. there's nothing like the blessing so God. Would, I could go on and on about the presence of the Lord. What would you say, you just, you know, I want to give you some time here sure. to, to just minister. What would you say to the person that's watching the broadcast right now? And they have dreams. Perhaps they grew up with those dreams, okay. but they're not sure if their dream is from God. Right. Or they're, they're wrestling over giving it up and serving the Lord. Okay. Uh, you know, because you and I both have been there. Yeah. Because I, I grew up with a dream in my heart starting at about nine years old. You know, I wanted to be just like my daddy. My daddy yes, raced automobiles. Mm -hmm. My daddy restored classic cars. My dad built hot rods. I wanted to be just like my daddy. I wanted, the only difference was he worked for other people, worked for dealerships, took his expertise and made them wealthy. Uh -huh. And I wanted to learn everything my dad knew and have my own shop and make me wealthy. <laughs> yes, you know? sir. And so I, I grew up with that dream. And of course, by the time I was 21 years old, I owned my own business. I was restoring cars. I was working on wreck cars. I was hauling race cars yeah. around the southern part of the United States with my dad. But at the same time, I was called to preach, and that's not what I wanted to do. Right. So at some point, I had to be willing to give up my dream yes, to accept God's dream for me. And I found out when I did that God's dream was a whole lot better. Yes, sir. Plus, I'm not only a preacher... And I'm not only, you know, being used by God to change lives, which is the most exciting thing, uh -huh. but God has thrust me back into that, that arena that I came out of with the motorcycles, the hot rods, the race cars. Yes, I went sir. a lot of those guys to the Lord and, and still get to do that and yet preach all over the world, yeah. praise God. So what do you tell the person that's, that's struggling with... Uh, you know, if they give up their dream, they won't have any fun anymore. They won't, they won't know uh, uh, the fullness of life that right. they always dreamed of. What do you tell that person? Well, just to be real with God and to be real with yourself. You know, in John chapter 15 is a life-changing scripture. Whenever we hang on to the vine, Jesus, we are the branch. And he says the same life flow, the same desires, the same passions, the God's will for your life, the same desires are going to be in you. Now, fruit in itself is just excess life, that there's so much life flowing from the vine through the branch that it's going to produce in the form of fruit. And what does that fruit look like? The fruit looks like your dream. The fruit looks like answered prayers. The fruit looks like you walking in your destiny. Our job is just to go after God. Our job is just to go after the Word of God. Just start putting Him first a little bit at a time because whatever you give your attention to, it's going to build your desire. It's going to build the right desires. On the other side, if you give your attention to pornography or drugs or whatever, it's going to build a desire for that. But if you just start giving yourself to God, just simply say, Lord, I, I surrender. I'm, I'm willing. Help me to be willing mm -hmm. to, to accept all you have for me because knowing 
that God has better, bigger, um, exceedingly, abundantly, above all you ask or think, dreams for you. It's so freeing. It, yeah. it, it's refreshing. And so I just want to encourage you to start going after the Word, putting Him first, uh, get into a good Bible teaching church, get connected to ministries like this, get into the Word, be hungry for the Word of God. I found in Proverbs 4, 20 years ago, when it said, My son, attend to my words. Give your attention to my words. In one translation, it was be addicted to my word. Yeah. That was my language. I understood what mm-hmm. it was like to be addicted to the Word of God. So I just started trying to overdose literally on the Word of God. And you know what came out of that? No negative side effects. What came out of it was deliverance. What came out of it was freedom. What came out of it was me discovering the gifts and the callings, the destiny that God had for me. What came out of that? Knowing the heartbeat of God, knowing that no matter what I'm facing in life, with God, all things are possible to me because I believe. Whenever you just start giving your attention, you get addicted to the Word of God. Your thinking changes, your believing changes, your perception changes, your life changes, and you begin to walk in the goodness of God. That's right. You know, John 10, 10 says, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Yes, sir. The message translation says, I've come that you might have life better than you ever dreamed. That's good. I love that. I'm living life better than I've ever dreamed. Yeah. And the same with you. Yes, sir. And it's all because... Of, of, of Jesus. It's all because of what he was willing to do at Calvary yeah. to provide this kind of life, the abundant life. Yes, sir. You know, I, I remember years ago when I, you know, 48 years ago now, when I came to the Lord, I had a, a cousin that I grew up with and I went to see him and he had heard that I was now a preacher mm-hmm. and he hadn't seen me since I started preaching, you know, and so uh, I went to see him. And he said, uh, well, I hear you're a preacher. You don't have any more, you don't have any fun now, do you? <laughs> I said, you know, I'm having more fun now than I ever had. Yes, sir. He, he said, uh, you're, I hear you're a preacher. You used to be cool. You don't have any fun now, do you? <laughs> and I said, uh, I have more fun now than I've ever had in my life. Yes, sir. I said, when's the last time you laid your hands on some person that was blind and God opened their yes. eyes? And when's the last time you laid hands on someone who was crippled and they got up out of that wheelchair and walked? When's the last time you cast the devil out of somebody and they were totally free? Are you telling me that's not fun? (laughs) I'm having more fun than I've ever had. And by the way, I'm still cool. Yeah. (laughs) And so I eventually won him to the Lord. Oh, that's awesome. But he thought, you know, being a a Christian, you know, there goes my dream. There goes my fun. No, I'm having right. more fun than I've ever had. Better life than yes, I ever sir. dreamed possible. Trey, thank you for being on thank the broadcast. Thank you, Dr. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. And thank you for being a part of our church as yes, well. Yes, sir. We pray in the name of Jesus yes. for your ministry to thank continue you. to flourish. And Proceed. God will use you to win so many more to Christ yes, sir. in the name of the Lord. Thank you uh, for watching and listening. I want you to watch and and listen also to our announcer as he makes this special offer to you. And then Trey and I will be back in just a few moments. So stay tuned. Distraction and discouragement aim to steal your future, but focus brings excellence. It's time to focus on God's plan for you. In the engaging three CD series, What It Takes to Stay Focused, Jerry Savelle brings wisdom and teaches on the characteristics of focused people and how to apply them to your life. Focus is one of the most important success skills. Get motivated to avoid distractions that have held you back. Your future begins with a dream. In the insightful book, If Satan Can't Steal Your Dreams, He Can't Control Your Destiny, 
Jerry Savelle shares revelation on the enemy's strategy for robbing your dreams, the signs of wavering faith and what to do, the secrets of recapturing your dreams, the four principles of bringing dreams into reality, and more. Keep your eyes focused on your destiny. Call now or go online to jerrysavelle.org and request this powerful combo. What it takes to stay focused, and if Satan can't steal your dreams, he can't control your destiny. What God has started in you, he will bring to fruition. Take the steps toward excelling in God's plan today. My name's Trey Johnson. This is my partner story. I grew up in Andrews, Texas, in a great family, but as I got into high school and college, I started hanging out with the wrong people. The Bible says that bad company corrupts good character, and so I started making wrong decisions, and just a little while into junior college, I ended up quitting college, and I moved to another town living with this girl, and I went home one weekend, and I never will forget it, because as I was getting ready to go, my dad came out the back door, had tears running down his face, and he says, Trey, the Lord show me that you're gonna die if you don't get your life right with the Lord. And I just thought he was just being a normal parent. I was like, yeah, right, Dad, whatever. And went on about my business, and sure enough, two weeks later, I was going from one rodeo to another rodeo in the middle of the night, and the guy that I was roping with was asleep in the passenger seat, and the girl that I was dating at the time was asleep in the back seat. And I ended up going to sleep while I was driving, and I woke up and I was running 70 down a four-lane highway, and I was in the median. And when I woke up, I tried to get the rig back onto the highway, but I saw that I wasn't gonna make it, so I pulled it back in the middle because there was a big water culvert in the middle, and I straddled it perfect with the truck, and the truck jumped it, but the trailer hit it right on. And of course, when the trailer hit it, it separated the truck and trailer and spun us across the highway, and the trailer just went end over, end over, end. Once we came to a halt over here and I saw everybody was okay, I took off running for the trailer and I crawled in the top of the horses because we were waiting for the jaws of life to get them out and they're kicking and they're pawing and there's blood everywhere and I get down there and I'm petting them and I remember my dad. I knew that God had spared my life that night and so in that horse trailer with blood everywhere and by the way the horses did end up being okay, but in that moment I called upon the name of the Lord and I asked him, I said, Lord, I, I want to know that you're real. I want to know your presence. I want to know your power. And from that day forward, I've been a man after the heart of God and I'm the same way today. When you stay hungry, God will open up doors. When you stay hungry, God will bring freedom into your life. I discovered Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, which says to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto us. And I began to just simply put him first. And as I put him first, he began to open up opportunities. He began to bring freedom from this addiction and that addiction. And somehow I got a hold of Dr. Savell's partner letter. And at the time I was kind of secluded. I didn't have a church. I didn't know the importance of a church, but I started memorizing his partner letters and started applying his the word that came from him in my life. And I just, as I gave my attention to it, a desire began to build, to know God, to be my best, to discover my gifts and abilities and passions. And I began to discover that God was a good God and He wanted good things for me, which led me to where I am today, going all over the world, doing leadership conferences, personal development, roping schools, roping clinics, competing at the highest level, simply because a man was willing to do what God had called him and created him to do. It empowered me to be who God has called and created me to be. So I want to encourage you, if you'll stay hungry, no matter where you're at or what you're going through, God will begin to move heaven and earth to reveal His heart and His plan and His will for you. So don't you back off from being hungry and keep growing, keep going. God bless you guys.
Do you have a dream today? Do you believe God put that dream in your heart? If you do, then let me encourage you, don't let anyone steal it from you, and particularly not the devil. I wrote a book a number of years ago, If Satan Can't Steal Your Dreams, He Can't Control Your Destiny. That's our special offer to you this week. I believe if you begin to read this book, in fact, it won't take you very long. You can probably read it on your lunch hour. And you begin to lay hold upon the principles that I've shared in here from God's Word, I believe, praise God, that you will find that God will get involved in causing your dream to come to pass and it will be a blessing to you and it'll be a blessing to others. And also, three CDs entitled, What It Takes to Stay Focused. It's important that you stay focused on the Word of God, keep your eyes on Jesus, keep your eyes on the Word, don't let negative reports hinder you, don't let them steal your dreams, you have a dream from God. God wants to bring it to pass. And if you'll just give him first place in your life, stay in the word, then he'll see to it that that dream is fulfilled. So that's the special resources we have available for you this week. If you'd like to order them, we'll look on your screen right now and our mailing address and all the information for ordering is there available to you. Also, be sure to hook up on all the uh, social media, uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram. It's one of the ways that we can continue to minister to you on an ongoing basis. Be sure you plan to watch the television broadcast each and every week. It's a great honor and a great joy to be able to bring the Word to you and, uh, and keep sending these testimonies in because we enjoy reading them and we enjoy sharing them with our audience. Here's a couple that I want to read real quick. This is from Anne. Since my daughter was a child, she wanted to be a veterinarian. She applied for vet school for the last six years, but did not get accepted. I told her to keep believing God because the door will open. God will open that door. I remember your teaching on the favor of God. And the Lord reminded me that favor will open doors that no man can shut. So I began to confess daily the favor of God on this situation. This is the year for the faithful. God opened the door and she will be attending vet school in, 2000, uh, in August of 2017. Praise God, Ann. We rejoice with you and rejoice with your daughter as well. God is faithful. Yes. Amen. Here's one from Rena. God gave me strength to overcome sadness from losing both my parents. He has been so good to me all my life. Although I was unemployed, He supplied all my needs according to His riches and glory. Glory to God and thank you for your teaching. Sharon writes and says, My husband received funds from a former employer that he didn't expect to receive. And our six-year-old son just recently gave his life to Christ. Praise God. Great testimonies. Keep them coming. We rejoice with you. And we thank God that God is doing great things in your life. Don't forget to tune in next week. We'll begin a brand new series of lessons. And I want to thank you for giving me some time today. And also I want to thank Trey again for thank coming. You. Yes, sir. And listen, don't you ever forget Jesus loves you. Praise God. He wants your dream to come to pass and your faith will overcome the world. Next week. You know, the Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. 
That's one of the major reasons why you shouldn't let go of your faith. Secondly, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 5 that this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Faith is our method of victory over the world. That's the second reason why you should never let go of your faith. 